Well, sometimes when you get given a topic for a sermon, you look at the passage and you think, oh, that's easy. I know what I'm doing there. <coughs> well, I got the, given this uh, chapters two and three last week and I thought, oh, no, what am I going to say? <laughs> I thought, where do I start? I thought, well, oh, let's have a look and we'll see what, he, what Micah specifically was speaking out against. And I looked through the verses and he spoke out against theft, murder, corruption and bribery. And I mentally went through what I knew of the people in this congregation. And I don't know everything that goes on in your life, but I'm not sure that, that <laughs> this is your particular problem. I'm not sure that we have a great many here who are into theft and murder and corruption and bribery. Ah, what was that? Sigh. Ah, a sinister chuckle from Sigh to, in, to indicate little does he know. <laughs> if you are into these things, stop it. Okay? So, very short sermon. <laughs> but looking deeper, there's a lot more uh, that Micah has to say. A little more subtle, perhaps. But he's talking about acting justly. <laughs> and a couple of things he goes into is why do we act unjustly? What stops us from acting unjustly? And it's basically wanting our own way. Wanting our own way. There's two things there that he goes on to say. And basically, people who act unjustly are, first of all, they're forgetting God. They're forgetting God's will, God's rules. Those who plan iniquity, who they lie awake in bed, plotting. At morning, they get up and they carry it out because it is in their power to do so. And they forget that God is watching them. They forget that this is all against God's law. They think, oh, we can get away with it. We've got the power. We've got the money. We've got the lawyers. We've got the politicians. We can do what we like. And Micah's message is, don't forget God. Because he, he, you think you're powerful, he's more powerful. He can act and he will act. And you'll not get away with it. In the long run, God won't let them get away with it. But also, <clears throat> when they're forgetting God, they're forgetting God's nature. Because God's nature is to act justly. And that sort of overlaps with the second point he brings out, is that they've, they're not thinking about the victims. They're not thinking about the other people. And in verses, where is it? Uh, rob them of their inheritance. 
but verses verse 9 you drive the women of my people from their pleasant homes you take away my blessing for their children forever you see basically in, in those days still a lot of people died young especially the men who would have to be soldiers and so forth. And in that case, the widows and the children were very vulnerable. They had nothing. Well, they, they, they had what was left to them. But if someone who was richer, someone who was stronger wanted them, they'd manipulate things so that they could get that particular plot of land, I like that. You know, they haven't got anyone to work it, so we'll give them a really poor deal so that I can get richer. And what happened to them? They didn't care. So I'm not talking about charity. That's coming in next week's sermon about mercy. Now, this is something that was about justice. They had an entitlement to that land and to the income that came from that land. They had an entitlement to inherit whatever riches the father had left them. But the powerful didn't have a heart for these people. You know, there are dozens of instances in the Old Testament where, where God says that he looks after the widow and the orphan. And often, usually he'll add, and the foreigner. The vulnerable people, the powerless, God has a heart for them. And the people who have power shouldn't use that power to take advantage of the powerless but they should have a heart for the powerless. A concern. A determination to act justly on their behalf. Because it's right, because it's in the nature of God. If we are God's people, his children, then we should exhibit the same characteristics. And he acts justly. So should we act justly. He goes on. And at first it seems to be he's taking a, a, a bit of a diversion and getting off the topic. But actually it all fits in together. Verses, um, chapter 2, verses 6 to 9 and verse 11. Can we have that on the screen, please, Josh? Do not prophesy, their prophets say. Don't prophesy about these things. Disgrace will not overtake us. You descendants of Jacob, should it be said... Does the Lord become impatient? Does he do such things? 
Do not my words do good to the one whose ways are upright? Lately my people have risen up like an enemy. You strip off the rich robe from those who pass by without a care, like men returning from battle. And verse 11, if a liar and deceiver comes to you and says, I will prophesy for you plenty of wine and beer, that would be just the profit for this people. Micah takes a turn, instead of talking about acting justly, he starts talking about speaking up for justice. Sorry, we seem to... I thought we'd have some things on the screen. And the same thing in, in chapter 3, where he starts off talking about acting justice, uh, acting justly, and then he goes into speaking out for justice. From verse 5 in chapter 3, this is what the Lord says. As for the prophets who lead my people astray, they proclaim peace if they have something to eat, but prepare to wage war against anyone who refuses to feed them. Therefore night will come over you without visions and darkness without divination. The sun will set for the prophets and the day will go dark for them. The seers will be ashamed and the diviners disgraced. They will all cover their faces because there is no answer from God. Micah takes a shot at those who are not speaking out against injustice. And you see here that the motivation of the, the false prophets is the same as those who acted unjustly. Because they're intertwined. We mightn't do the robbing and so forth, but if we do nothing about fixing it, we're part of the problem. Martin Luther King said, he who accepts evil without protesting against it is really cooperating with it. And so we have these prophets who would say nice things, speaking out for beer and wine and having a good time, everything sweet, no problems, don't worry about God, he'll look after you, um, so it doesn't matter what you do. Why were they doing that? Well, partly it was for the money. They would get paid if they gave a message that was compliant, I don't know, plenty of words you could use, easy, that went along with what people wanted to hear. But if, like Micah, they, if they pulled them up, they wouldn't get anything. So what was motivating them was the same as the, the, the people that we looked at first, what they could get out of it. Sometimes that happens to us with what we say. It's, it can affect our money. 
If you remember earlier in the year, they had the, um, the plebiscite on uh, changing the definition of marriage. Some people then, because they didn't agree with it, they got the sack. You know, um, for privately held opinions. Not, not at work, but you know, um, there was a, a kindergarten, a preschool teacher in Canberra and people like that. And so it can affect our, our income. But more often it affects our friendship, our approval. I will prophesy for you plenty of wine and beer. That would be just the profit for this people. If they said the popular thing, everyone would pat them on the back. Everyone would like them. And if you're on the internet, they actually use the term like sometimes. I'm not really up on that. But it's the same thing. If you say what everyone else says, you'll be liked. But if we're going to have God's nature, and if we're going to speak out against injustices, we won't always be liked. Often quite the opposite. And um, you younger people might have heard that in the old days everyone was bigoted and intolerant. Um, there was some of that, but a lot less than there is nowadays. It's a lot harder to speak out now because people try and shut you down. And... It's hard to, to speak at a university if you don't hold the views that the, the people in charge hold. If you want to speak at a, a, a hall, council will block you if, you if they don't like the message. People will protest against you so that you don't get to speak. Uh, in Victoria, it's even worse. In Victoria, people will protest against you, violently stop you, and the police will send you the bill. Not the people who have been violent, the people who, who are the victims. They will get the bill from the police. And if you put something on the internet that doesn't match up with what your friends want, you'll get an astonishing amount of abuse. And you might be cut off from your friends. Now, back in the old days when I was going to school, if you said something people didn't agree with you, they might, they might accept it. They might argue with you, but at least they'd let you speak. In fact, the only reason that they had a debate on the de definition of marriage now is because a previous generation allowed the topic to be talked about. But when it came up, um, you know we had a plebiscite rather than a referendum? The reason for that is a referendum, the government's required to send out both sides of the message. By having a plebiscite, they didn't have to do that. And in fact, some of the politicians wanted only one side put out. So it's, it's tougher 
when I was at school too, you, there was some bullying, but it was a little bit. And you might get it at lunchtime and maybe at sport. And then you'd go home and everything would be fine. But now, with the internet, you can be bullied by people who aren't there with you 24 hours a day. And they're more inclined to do it. So it's hard. It's hard to bring a message that people don't want to hear. But they're the important messages. And if Simon uh, is out the front or anybody else and says something that's confronting, don't put your fingers in your ears. Don't say, oh, I don't want to hear that. Why can't we have a nice message this week? But just listen. Weigh it up from the, the Bible and see, is that what really God is saying? Because we can drift away from God's way of doing things if we don't focus on him, if we don't care about those around us. We find that we're not acting as justly as we should. And there's a lot of injustice around I haven't brought any pamphlets along. But I don't really have to, because I'm sure that you can come across it yourself. You may have to look for it. But it's a case of what do you do when you come across injustice, when people are robbed of what they are entitled to, when they are robbed of what God intends for them. From verse 9, you take away my blessing from their children forever. Uh, another translation is, you take what I want them to have. And people who uh, have their lives crippled by injustice, even they're physical things but when they can't know where their food's coming from or the, uh, the heater in winter they can't have the relationship of God that he wants with them because they're eaten up by Poverty and injustice. Proverbs 21 verse 3 says, The Lord is more pleased when we do what is right and just than when we offer him sacrifices. And Matthew 5 verses 11 and 12 God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted the same way. What do we get out of things? 
when we speak out. Remember that it's God's approval that is important. Not the approval of our friends, not the approval of society. But knowing that God is happy with what we're doing. And God is happy in what we're doing to help other people. The powerless, the victims. That's what is important. Not the pat on the head or the likes or the... LOLs. I don't know if that's right. <laughs> and Michael didn't care who he took on. The last of chapter 3, verses 8 through to 12. As for me, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord, and with justice and might to declare to Jacob his transgression, to Israel his sin. Hear this, you leaders of Jacob, you rulers of Israel, who despise justice and distort all that is right, who build Zion with bloodshed and Jerusalem with wickedness. Her leaders judge for a bribe, her priests teach for a price, and her prophets tell fortune for money. Yet they look for the Lord's support and say, isn't the Lord among us? No disaster will come upon us. Therefore, because of you, Zion, sorry, therefore because of you, Zion will be ploughed like a field. Jerusalem will become a heap of rubble. The temple hill a mound overgrown with thickets. Michael was happy to speak out against injustice. And he didn't care who it was. The politicians, the priests, the rich, the powerful. He didn't care. He pulled them up. Because what was important to him was walking with God, doing things God's way, having cares for the people that God cared for. And so... He was filled with power. Nothing could stop him. God's spirit was in him. And God's spirit is in us too. When we take upon ourselves God's priorities, when we accept his demands for justice, One other thing I found as I was preparing this and looking at this sermon is that it's all interconnected. And you know, the theme for the month is the one verse, what does God require of us to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God? And I thought, okay, well, that's one, two, three. Then they're not separate things. It's, it's like one rope with three... Uh, cables intertwined they all work together and I'm sure the next two weeks we'll see how mercy and walking with God and acting justly all happens together because 
If we're walking with God, we will act justly. If we care for the vulnerable, we will act justly. You see how they're interlinked? I'm looking forward to that the next couple of weeks to see how it all fits together. I hope you are too. Okay. Thank you, Eric. You know, this was written at a time before Jesus, wasn't it? You know, we've had this uh, experience post-Jesus. You know, it's from Jesus dying on the cross that we actually see why we need to act justly. You know, the greatest display of that action is in the cross, isn't it? And that's why we give glory. And that's why we do it, to follow in his footsteps. That's what Christians mean, to be Christ-like. So, let's stand together and sing again in response to God be the glory. Yeah.